Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, everyone, we're taking a year off. Yeah. That's what Martin said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to take a year off to prepare a year's worth of content. That yeah. way we... We'll be so far ahead. Yeah, we invest so much that we lose sight of the present. Yeah, and then when we have the year's worth of content, nobody will be around anymore yeah. to experience it. Yeah, that's the number one rule of life. It will utterly backfire. Invest so much, think only about 50 years from now, and think not in the slightest about right now. Yeah, well, you know, they talk they talk to you in school about the importance of investing in your future. Yeah. You know, and we talk over on List of Money Matters about how it's, like, very important to invest money, but I think we've been pulling our punches Yep. You know, I'm going to come out and advocate that you actually take all of the money that you would spend on food and shelter and fun and your education and actually invest it in the stock market. Well, think how much food you can buy next year. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be delicious. You know, and you're going to be so hungry by then. Too. You can find some like scraps on the street or something like I mean, think about those gains, bro. Yeah. Think about that 7% average market return the over ROI the long term. Life? Yeah. What's the ROI on eating, like, dead possums? Well, that, <laughs> side that's of the probably road. not good, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm only homeless because I put literally every cent of my paycheck into the yeah, stock market. I look homeless, but I am so rich right now. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just saving. You know, on that note, I often find it uh, useful when I'm wrangling with something in my head and I'm, like, kind of on both sides of the fence and I'm, like, I'm not really sure what my position is on the issue. I often find it useful to go... Like, take it to the extremes like that and be like, where do I still stand? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, like in anything like investing, you know, you can't really come to a definite conclusion by doing that because, yes, yeah, it is still good to invest. Yeah. You're not supposed to invest 100%. That, yeah. That would be dumb. But sometimes taking an argument to the extreme does reveal certain things about it that you would not otherwise see. Yeah. Those are fun. But yeah. We got some more questions, my friend. Oh, yeah. To answer. And it seems like the ones you picked for this week have a uh, distinct career focus. Oh, they seem to. Once again. They do seem to. Which is good, I think, because what is it? February 9th today? Maybe. Um, I know that when when I was in college, they started doing career fair stuff and companies actually started looking to hire their summer interns way back in September of the previous year. And I did most of my interviews for those things. at that time but february is getting around that time where like if you don't have an internship and you intend to have one during the summer like this is the time to start looking in earnest to start taking things seriously and uh to get your name out there you know oh yeah absolute so and you know just to tease people uh for a future video i'm going to be doing a resume tips video in a few weeks i think well, I don't know how the recording schedule and the publishing schedule goes, but yeah, that's I confusing. think I have it. I have it planned for like three videos out as we talk about this now. And maybe it'll even be out by the time. It might be. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Are we a year ahead on content, Martin? No, we are not even close. Ooh, I got a better idea. Instead of taking a year off to get a year of content made, we build a time machine 
we go to the future and we steal all the content that our future selves have made and then we publish it before they get the chance so to that that is the opposite of over investing it's over like yeah divesting is that the opposite of investing i don't really know what's the opposite of investing i think divest is like because outvesting div- isn't a word, divest your so. shares yeah. right i don't know well of course we have to google know. it now divest i don't know if that works says here nobody talks about it says here blank page oh, there we go divest deprive someone of power rights or yes, possessions we're, we're, like yourself we're divesting our future selves to help our present selves men are unlikely to be divested of power without a struggle so yeah yeah sort of the same. something something or know. disperse or you know some some word like that the moral is it's a bad idea yeah don't divest your shares or whatever or something your future your this future content very if your past self shows iffy. up and he's like hey give me all your work so i can publish it earlier i don't know maybe you should maybe that I would don't. be an interesting thought experiment because if you could publish all of your future work sooner wouldn't you get more successful faster and then maybe maybe your future self would in turn like the knock-on effect would be that your future self would publish even better things maybe so then you can go get it again and you could just like keep stealing from your future self like some well, like weird like, like greedy through the past gerbil from the past experiment though mm. because sometimes you can't good point depends on how we view the multiverse and time i don't know man i don't know we're, we're gonna be nine. we're gonna start getting into like earth, get bill earth numbers i'm from earth 616 which went earth are you from so just we're just using like area codes i think okay because in a past episode i think i mentioned like i couldn't remember the number of earth that is yeah. like the, the prime earth in yeah. marvel i think it's earth 616 huh i don't know okay. but again maybe i'll be wrong and some angry nerd in the comments will be like actually it's earth 54269 yeah and no i'm very disappointed that you didn't know that unsubbed <laughs> anyway let's get into the questions where we talk for too long here and if you guys have questions of your own, our community over at collegeinfogeek.com slash community is a good place to go ask those questions. We've got lots of people in that community who answer them in the comments themselves, and then we take the best ones and make podcast episodes out of them. And then a lot of them eventually become videos as well, you know? Yep. It's like, you know, the ground level where a lot of the stuff starts to germinate. Yes. So the first question that we are tackling this week is, uh, should I take an unpaid internship? Which, this question, dude, you can find debates for years oh, yeah. on the internet about this question. And I mean, you got people on one side of the argument who are just like, if you do work, you should be paid for it. You know, which sounds reasonable. I, I can see that. The ideal behind that is very sound. Yeah, and then you got other people who are like, uh you need to go hustle as much as possible get experience uh who cares if you don't get paid maybe you're not even good enough to get paid blah 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 you know there's people all over the place so i got a few things that i can say about this but i guess my question is like would you have taken an unpaid internship in Me college personally yeah not as somebody who does web development and computer stuff mm-hmm. depending on my major if that was like the only way in like get your foot in the door at somewhere, then I would consider it maybe. I mean, I mean, I was primarily living off my loans mm-hmm. at during parts of my college. So I would have considered it, but I don't. it's kind of hard to think about because in my field, I would not. I would not take an unpaid internship to yeah. do computer work because there are so many paid internships to do computer work. It wouldn't make any sense. See, I've always had like a dualistic view of this. 
I've got my overall philosophy that I think applies to everyone as a whole. And I think in that area, that camp, I fall on the side of you should be paid and properly compensated for the work you do. Yeah. You know, otherwise, like I think to to take the opposite view is kind of like to go down a pretty bad road where it's just like, yeah, you know, do everything for free. And I know there's a lot of people, a lot of companies out there that unfortunately like to take advantage of people who are early on in their careers who need exposure, whatever. And, you know, they, they take on interns who are unpaid for less than savory reasons. Yeah, it's not that great of a system. But on the opposite end, I've never taken an unpaid internship per se, but I've definitely done stuff unpaid and been completely willing to do it because I've always viewed it as an investment in myself. Uh, I mean, for example, just last week, I went to Atlanta, Georgia, to speak at a conference called StyleCon. And I got a free ticket to the conference, but I paid however many hundreds of dollars for the flight, and I paid almost $1,000 for the hotel. And I remember when I was talking to Anna about this, she was like, you're not getting paid to speak. You're not getting your hotel comp. You're not getting your flight comp. Like, what What does that mean? You know, why would you do that? I cannot fathom why you would do that. And, uh, you know, I tried to explain my point of view of it because, like, from my point of view, I have a business. If I go out there, I view whatever I spend on the hotel and the flight as an investment in getting myself the opportunity to meet and hang out with some people who are either ahead of me or who are experts in other areas who I could potentially partner with. They might be able to connect me with other people. And I can see down the line, there is a potential for uh, both, you know, monetary ROI through maybe being able to grow my channel faster, being able to get sponsors, but also just through professional development and growth, building new relationships, all kinds of stuff. And I've thought this way even since I was a college student. Like, uh, I remember one time I was I was really early on in my blogging career, but I had fiddled around with WordPress enough that I was getting decently good with customizing it and I was getting decently good with knowing, you know, what looks good with like web UI elements. And I straight up like redesigned a couple people's blogs. Nice. For free, you know, just did it. But it gave you a lot of practice. It gave you... Gave me connections, you, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, even Steve Cam over at nerdfitness.com uh, he wanted like a brand new email box made and he didn't end up, he didn't even end up using the one that I was making because I think he ended up deciding that to just redesign the entire site and to hire a company to do it. But I think when, when the idea was just germinating in his head that I want to make this small improvement, I made it for him and I didn't ask for anything because in my head it was like, you know, asking for a hundred bucks or 150 bucks, that's not, you know, that's like, that's shooting for the wrong thing. Yeah, because what I really am going to benefit from is the relationship with somebody who could help me develop professionally and who might just be awesome to know in general. Yeah. So the, the question is, what is the networking power of your investment of yeah. free work? If the networking power is bad, if you're in, if you're investing at an unpaid internship at McDonald's, I would say that that is yeah. a bad investment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I could see a case where there's a certain company that's like really prestigious or hard to get into. Mm -hmm. And I could see a case where the networking power and the potential return later would make up for the upfront cost of not being paid for something. Yeah. Like idealistically, every intern would be paid. Mm -hmm. I think that that would be awesome. But realistically, sometimes you got to do things that suck in order to get ahead depending yeah. on what you're trying to do. And I think when you have like a business mindset, you're more in tune with that. 
when I did my first script for How to Adult, the one on how to break bad habits, I emailed that script to him and I was like, you don't have to pay me. Because in my mind, like I really wanted to foster a great relationship with them. And I felt maybe money would get in the way. Now, maybe my views on that are shifting because I've read some psycho like psychological studies and stuff that show like people actually like you better when they're able to do a small favor for you and like you appreciate it because then they feel like they're contributing and they feel, you know, kind of special and responsible and satisfied with what they've done. Hmm. So actually it can be beneficial to let people pay you. Uh, and he did insist that he pay me and I took it. So I didn't like refuse it. And I do think like if people insist to pay you, yeah. like never like refuse like, an don't. offer. Please don't. That's a good thing to know. Like don't no refuse money. an offer of something because uh, you feel like it's going to be putting them out because if they do offer it, that means they have decided they want to give it to you and they will be more satisfied giving it to you uh, that will offset the cost of losing however much you know money or whatever they did yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it might feel kind of weird if you're just... Please, zero dollars, zero dollars. I know you want to pay <laughs> Just me. Just don't pay me. Money. Do not pay me. <laughs> yeah, at that point, you, you, you're kind of, you're taking it too far. Yeah, you're like, you're like rejecting you're them. There's a difference between rejecting an offer and demanding something that may diminish your standing. And you have to understand the difference between those two things. And I think that comes through practice, but there's, you know, things like if, if the offer is put out there and it yeah. seems reasonable, take it. They will be satisfied and happy that they were able to help you out. You know, and they had some agency in that. There's some other details here to mention, though. I mean, there's definitely a matter of scope. A lot of those things I did were little one-off projects. Uh, and there was the crucial difference that I offered to do those things. It wasn't like they reached out to me and said, hey, we want you to do spec work or we want you to do free work. You know, it was that I took it. I took the initiative. I took it on by myself to go out and be like, hey, I would like to do this for you and I don't want to be paid. I just hope you find it useful and maybe if you do like it, we can work together in the future. Uh, another good example I can think of is, oh, I forget the guy's name. I think it's Charlie Hohen, I think. Yes, yeah, this is the guy. So people who listen to this podcast, you as well, I think, Martin, you probably know who Tim Ferriss is, right? Yeah. So Tim Ferriss, for those who don't know, is a guy who he's like a he's the four hour life power guy. biohacker guy. And yeah, he wrote uh, four books at this point. He wrote The Four Hour Work Week. He wrote The Four Hour Body, The Four Hour Chef. And then his most recent one is called Tools for Titans. He's got a really explosively successful podcast. I think he's a very good interviewer, you know, all around cool guy. Some people don't like him. A lot of people do. Um, but this guy, Charlie Hohen, back in maybe 2010 or something, reached out to Tim and uh, I'll have to I'll have to remind myself of the exact circumstances of what he did and we can link to him in the show notes but he basically offered to do some work for Tim uh, I think it was like marketing work maybe it was blog editing or something that Tim needed he was able to demonstrate that he had a little bit of a track record so he wasn't just this like you know super fan coming out of the woodworks being like I'll do anything to help you out he was <laughs> like no I I can do this you know I'm a just graduated college I've got this track record I would love to work for you for free and if you are satisfied with my work after a trial period, I would love to be considered for paid work to work with you professionally, that kind of thing. And that worked out for him. He actually ended up working with Tim for a while, managing his events, doing like all sorts of coordination with uh, guests and stuff. Like it was a very good thing. But again, he was the one who came out and made the offer. And I've seen Tim put out ads for 
jobs where he's like, I will pay you. So <laughs> Tim's obviously not the kind of guy who's like trying to get unpaid work. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what I want to use to kind of launch into some of these other considerations you have to make with an unpaid internship. And you have to judge these on a case by case basis, because, you know, once you've decided on your philosophy, either like hustle at all, all costs, at all odds to make those connections to get that experience or, you know, I must be paid. Then you got to get into some of these specifics here. So one specific is an unpaid internship may not actually be legal. Oh, yes. I did see a video saying that quite a few of them are not legal. Yeah. So and I don't know the exact specifics, but we're going to link to an article in the show notes that you can check out. It's on the simple where they, they explain this and they give the criteria. And maybe I could just actually click over to it real quick and list them off. But there are some criteria for an internship uh, not being paid. So let me see if I can find it here. Maybe I can't. Uh, here it is. Yeah. So. For an unpaid internship to be legal, it has to be uh, similar to like training. It has to be specifically for the benefit of the intern. It has to not displace regular employees. So it means you have to like work under the supervision of staff. You can't just be like replacing somebody. They can't just be hiring you in lieu of hiring somebody that they would normally pay. And um, like you can't be necessarily entitled to a job at the conclusion of the internship. And there's all kinds of stuff, you know. And you have to understand that you're not entitled to wages. So there's all these things. And uh, I'm not going to say like if you notice that an unpaid internship that you're looking at doesn't meet one of these criteria, like call them out on it or say they're illegal. I would probably just ignore it and not go for it. Uh, But do be aware that like basically the nature of the internship, if it's unpaid, must be on education and on helping you develop professionally. So if they're like, and I think, you know, one thing you've got to do to gauge that is like ask them in an interview, what would I be doing here? What What is the focus of my work here? What am I going to learn? That kind of stuff. That's also going to communicate to your interviewer that you're very ambitious, that you're not just doing this for the money or lack of money or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or just, you know, some you're not connection doing it for the money. But you're, you're there because you want to grow. You want to gain new skills, etc. Uh, and if you start to get the idea that like, oh, they're just going to have me getting coffee or they're going to have me doing the exact same thing for three months. Maybe they don't really have your best interests at heart. And maybe they won't remember who was just getting them coffee, so your networking value is not that awesome. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you know what you're going to be expected to do and know what you're getting out of the internship. Also, you know, a lot of unpaid internships, people get into them because there's, you know, sometimes college credit involved. So if you see an internship ad that's like, hey, we don't pay, but you can get college credit, you have to check with your school to make sure that that particular internship is going to count and see what it counts for. Some college degrees actually require that you go get a paid or unpaid internship. You know, it doesn't matter if it's paid or unpaid, but I've seen some students who are like, we have to actually go out and work to graduate. You know, make sure you communicate with your career advisor or with whoever is coordinating that to see, does this internship count? Is what I'm doing good enough for the requirements of my degree, etc.? You know? Yeah. But I think that the main thing at the end of the day is like prioritize learning and prioritize making connections. And if you got something that you really want to do, you know, and you want it bad enough, I think you're going to be the kind of person who might ignore our general philosophies and you just might go for it. Yeah. If you're willing to make the sacrifice because you think it'll actually be worth it. Yeah. Then I mean, there you go. You know, it's not 100% guaranteed to work out. Nothing in this world is, but... I'll tell you, there 
there, when I was a student, there were probably some people who I would have dropped everything and went to work for three months for, for nothing. Yeah. You know, like if you really think it's going to be worth it, it's a gamble, but I think, I think had Tim Ferriss called me up as a sophomore in college and been like, Hey, if you come work for me for three months, you know, it's not going to be paid, but you're going to learn a lot and have a connection. I'd be like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I would have made it work sometime or somehow. So that actually leads perfectly into the second question we got, which is, um, he says, whoever asked this said, my major requires an internship, but most of the internships around here seem to be unpaid. What should I do if I can't afford to take an unpaid internship? So that's the big question. And that's why I was trying to make that distinction between I was doing one-off little freelance project for somebody, you know, it takes me an afternoon to write a script. It takes me a couple of days to design a little website element. It's not three months of getting no money yeah, whatsoever. If you have a job already and you can't you can't afford to quit that job to just go not get paid at yeah, a different job. Exactly. Then this this situation is a little more complicated. You know, so yeah, so what do you do? So you do have some options to look into. The first one that I would look and ask about, go ask either your career counselor or maybe your academic advisor, is to see if your school has what's called a funded internship program which is basically just a scholarship for internships. So some schools, and there's an increasingly large number of schools that are doing this because schools know internships increase hiring rates and higher acceptance rates make the school look better. So if any people who are running schools out there are listening to this, it might be in your interest to offer this to your students, especially the ones that work in majors where the prevalence of unpaid internships is higher, you know, design or social work, working for the, the UN or whatever, like, if you can fund that, that's going to help the development of your students. Just saying. But yeah, ask if that is a thing that you can apply for. There may be something where you can get some money that is specifically meant for you to go out and get some experience in the real world in an internship. If that doesn't work, you could also just try to get other scholarships and then use that money for your internship. Now, you have to look at the terms of the scholarship, but if there's a scholarship where it's like, you know, they're not restricting you to just paying for books or just paying for classes. Like I got a lot of scholarships where they just literally deposited the money in my bank account. And, you know, the expectation is you use it on your education, but you would be easily able to make the argument where like I needed to go do this internship for my professional development. It was unpaid. So I'm going to use the scholarship money to pay for my internship. Yeah, it makes and you know what? To me. Maybe you pay for a semester's tuition with a federal student loan as a result of that. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not like encouraging you to go take out loans as a blanket statement. But again, if you are in that one little situation where you're like, I need that internship, I'm going to go for it, pay or no pay, you know, I'm doing it. That is a potential avenue for making that happen at the cost of maybe paying off debt for a bit longer. But, you know, I think some people out there would make the sacrifice when they think about it rationally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Barring that, if. I would certainly maybe talk to the advisor or something to see any other situations. If they don't have that fund, if they yeah. don't have that, seeing if maybe there's a way to like replace that credit requirement with something else mm-hmm. or something to that effect. I got out of a, a few classes, turned them into independent studies, tested out of one. Yeah. You, you can almost always work around something if the situation is really serious and the person involved cares. And I would like to think most advisors do care. Mm-hmm. And they want you to graduate. That's the point. You look good if you graduate and get jobs. Yeah. And another thing to note is you actually had an internship. And there was something about that internship 
Maybe you can think of it right away. Um, you're referring to my community college internship? Nope. Because your very last internship. Oh, that was an that was an internship, yeah. wasn't it? And it wasn't weird. during the summer. You know what? Honestly, I forgot that was an internship. Mm -hmm. So um, the company that you may have heard that I worked for at one point on this podcast, Flying Hippo, had before my last semester of college, they had an opening for a web developer. And I was like, I think I'm qualified for this job now, but I can't work for them until later. And I really want to work for this company specifically. So then... I actually applied for the job, but I like let them know, I think somewhere in the cover letter that I, I'm here and I'm willing to work part-time or something. I, I'd love to work something out mm -hmm. and then work for you after I graduate. So I created an internship essentially out of something else, out of what was going to be a, a regular job opening. Yeah. And then I got the job later. And so. I think a, a key element of that is you were doing that internship during the semester yeah. in addition to your classwork. Oh, yes. And uh, I don't remember, did you have student loans at the time? Uh, you... I did. So basically, I did. I even if it was loans. unpaid, you would have been able to do that internship and survive because you had student loans yeah, and I had you, loans your apartment was already paid. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I was doing it from where I lived currently. It's not like I had to go live in Chicago or something to take the internship. Yeah. It was just something that I created in the city near me. And I did that with like the love letter site. You, we've talked about it a bunch of times, but I worked something out where the internship was something that I created, led to a job and was local. So it didn't cost me anything more than going to school would have already cost me. Yeah, and exactly. It was great. And they, they did pay you, right? They did pay me. Yeah. And I did that also. We, we talked a bit about scheduling, I think, on one of the re more recent ones. But I did that by working on, like, a lot of hours Tuesday and Thursday and having yeah. school Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh, it's true, because so, we were talking about that. Because and, like, otherwise I wouldn't week. have been able to drive, like, a half hour to, to Des Moines and back. Yeah. It, to make it reasonable. Yeah, it, so you, you may have to... It would have made my class schedule horrid. But... Yep. <laughs> that would have been terrible. Yeah. So you may have to move some classes around or something but the yeah the doing key point semester, there yeah you could potentially do it during a semester when maybe your whatever is keeping you alive is already funded and paid for through loans or scholarships or what have you just tack that on it'll be a lot of work but it's a way to get maybe an unpaid opportunity that's worth it to you under your belt and not starve yeah, that's that's kind of the cool. same time i didn't even think about that i forgot it was an internship honestly yeah uh, and the other thing is to your point again you were part-time during that internship. Yeah. So, you know, and if you're going for a credit, definitely ask your school about this to make sure it's kosher, but you don't necessarily have to do a full-time internship. Even if it's part-time, you're still getting experience. You're still getting connections. They probably understand that you're a full-time student as well, so full-time wouldn't work, but you're still there. Yeah. You know, so there's lots of different options out there. Hopefully this is helpful and, uh, you know. And I'm glad you remember my history better than I do. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I remember talking with you, and we were sitting in the burrito place, and you were like, I really want to work here, and I'm like, let's do it, man. Yeah. Who cares if you're graduating in a semester? Anyway, last question we got on the docket today is, what are your thoughts on thank you letters? And uh, I, I perceive the subtext of this question to be, how do you utilize a thank you letter yes. as the direct effectively as possible? My thoughts are, they are good. They are very good, yeah. Done, so, answered. Uh. Thank you letters. I think this is in the context of an interview, you know? Yeah. It's always good to actually, you know, let me just put this up front. Thank you letters. 
If you think to yourself in any situation, it might be a good idea to send a thank you later. It will be a good idea because people love to feel appreciated. I'm going to send one of my Across the board. After every appointment. <laughs> Thanks so much. He probably would appreciate yeah. that, you know? <laughs> and if you get to the end of a semester and you're like, wow, my marketing professor was awesome this semester and he really helped out. Send that guy a thank you letter. Seriously. And send your mom a thank you letter every time she sends you a care package. Yep. You know? Like if you, I think it is it is a really underrated thing to do. And if you just become the kind of person who expresses gratitude and who is constantly popping up on people's radars, it's like somebody who's just really polite and who, uh, you know, is thankful for things, that goes a long way. You know, it really does. And I, I should probably do it more. But so let's talk about this in the context of interviews. When you do an interview, absolutely 100% you should send a thank you letter. And this letter should not just say, Dear Mr. Smith, thank you so much for the opportunity to interview with you. I really appreciated it. Dot, 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 whatever, you know, sig, sig, uh, I'm putting signatory. Sincerely, <laughs> Thomas or Jimmy or whatever your name is. I scream. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yep. Your thank you letter is yet another chance for you to stand out from the crowd and to reiterate both why you want the job and why you are uniquely qualified for the job or the best person for it. So, and you know, at some point, uh, maybe in that course we're creating at some point, we'll have some examples of thank you letters or we'll put them on an article or something. But in general, you want to thank your interviewer, express gratitude for the opportunity to interview with them, but also say, you know, uh, just to reiterate, I'm incredibly excited to work with you guys. I think I would be great for this job because X, Y, and Z, and maybe refer to something you talked about in the interview. Just reinforce that experience in the interviewer's mind versus all the other interviews. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things you can do. Number one, you can send it as an actual thank you card. Ooh, physical mail. What's yeah. that? So I, I was talking to somebody at StyleCon about this, and it just kind of makes sense. Everyone sends email thank you notes these days. And everyone says or sends their applications either via our website or whatever, or you know, whatever, you know, monster.com or indeed.com, or they email their resume in or they apply on the company website. So everyone else is from the recruiter or the hiring director's perspective, they're sitting on his screen in his office. And it is easy to ignore that because you can bring up catroulette.com and just look at cats all day or whatever. But when there is a physical piece of mail on the desk, you know, and one thing that the person at StyleCon told me is like, if you're going to send a resume, send it in a big manila envelope so you don't even fold your resume over. So it's like really substantial. No, oh, yeah. you know, and I, I don't know, like maybe you got to gauge who the interviewer is, or what the company is like to see whether or not that'd be annoying, but it definitely stands out. And uh, if it were me doing an interview, I would be sending out thank you note in the mail to the interviewer, like the moment I had done it. In fact, what I would do to prepare for that interview is I would go out and I would buy stationery and I would have the envelope addressed already before I went to the interview. And I wouldn't write the thank you note before the interview because that would be insincere, but I would have it addressed and then I would immediately come home, write out my thoughts in the thank you note while the interview was still fresh in my mind and get it in the mail as soon as I could. Yeah. And I know there's this thing that at least designers, it seems to be a thing where they have a leave behind mm -hmm. where they leave some extra little like postcard or notebook or some sort of cool art piece. And if you maybe didn't do that after the interview... A physical thank you letter, you could send a cool postcard or poster, some cool thing that you designed in there as an extra thank you. Why not? 
yeah. gift. If I were a designer, I would have like my own stationery with art that yeah. I made on it. Yeah, like use use it to stand out. The point is that you are not the rest of the stack of resumes that they don't want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Other things I've seen done, I think my friend Bud did this. He made a thank you video. Ooh, a video. You know, I didn't even think of that. So that could be another thing you do. Or maybe that's cool in your physical thank you note. You like, I don't know. You can go overboard with this stuff, but there's definitely things to do that are better than the bare minimum email thank you note. You know, yeah. and maybe. if I and I understand that life is funnels, and like for the ten thousand or fifteen thousand people who listen to this episode, maybe like six will actually go do it so congratulations if you're one of the six you will be more successful than everyone else but for the rest of you the bare minimum is to send an email thank you note in at least or no more than 24 hours yeah just don't don't forget if you forget it it's going to become like awkward to send it two weeks later they're going to be like yeah is this how fast you are on the job because that's not good Mm -hmm. Ooh, also absolutely do that if during the interview, maybe you had like a cool special connection and he's like, yeah, that's that's my favorite baseball team. And you're like, yeah, I met the guy. And you you send him a picture of that with a thank you letter. You and that yeah. guy you were talking about. Just cool personal callbacks. That would be a really cool situation. That's brilliant. Just yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, look, you did meet that dude. This guy's awesome. I'm going to hire him. You should absolutely do that. And you know what? I think that doesn't get discussed enough. Like the human yeah, element person. in an interview. Because, you know, they're thinking not only... Can this person do the job? Can this person deliver value to our company and be a positive return on investment? They're also thinking, do I want to work with this person? Is this the kind of person I can come into work every day and look forward to talking to about something interesting? Or is this the kind of person who's going to come in, ignore me, go to their desk and just kind of like do their own thing all day and then leave immediately? Yeah. You know, a job interview is not an exam. Mm -hmm. You have to do more than just give the right answers. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll note with thank you, thank you notes, when you go into a company, you probably don't talk to just the hiring manager. You may talk to a secretary or you may have another contact at the company, maybe somebody that you did an informational interview with, maybe somebody who was like, you know, say you're an engineering student and you were able to get coffee with an engineer at the company and that led to an interview. Absolutely. Send that engineer a thank you note. Thank you so much for having coffee with me. Thank you for the connection. I couldn't have done it without you. Send a thank you note to that secretary. You know, maybe you had some good conversation with them. I often try, you know, if I'm in an interview or like a waiting room or lobby or something waiting for an interview and the secretary doesn't look busy, I will strike up a conversation with them just for a little bit. You know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but like, again, it's all about differentiating yourself. Are you going to be one of the 20 people who sits there on their phone checking Snapchat while they're waiting for the interview? Or are you going to have a decent conversation and take interest in the person who's behind the desk? Yeah. Run in the front of the company. And you know what? Sometimes, and I would do this if I had a big company, sometimes the CEO of the company will come and basically play the role of the secretary secretary. to see how things are going in their company. You never know what's going to happen. So anybody you meet, just treat them right, take interest in them, and express gratitude and appreciation for whatever they do for you. And you'll stand out. Yeah. I think this was a good answer, man. We got a lot of good stuff out of this. Yeah, See, this is good, what I was talking to talking to you about this morning, where we need to, we need to take what we say on these episodes and turn them into articles or do something. Because, boom, there's yeah. there's like the best thank you note article right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you guys Freestyle. got to listen to it first. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the ideas kind of just come out when we're presented with questions in this kind of a format. It's one of the reasons I like I like doing it. Yeah. And I just like talking to you. 
Aww. Aww. I'm going to send you a thank you note I'm gonna for throw that compliment. Up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Okay, so this is episode 147. And uh, you can find the show notes for this episode over at CIG Podcast. <laughs> Just like see you trying to stifle a laugh. CIGpodcast.com slash 147. Uh, and over at those show notes, you'll find a couple of the articles I said we'd link to. There's one about the unpaid internships, whether they're legal or not, and whether they're worth it. And then there was also, uh, I mentioned, I didn't mention this earlier, but there was in my notes, I had a, a article from somebody on medium.com who wrote about five lessons he learned in an unpaid internship. So that might be interesting to you. And we'll have some other things in there as well. So definitely check those show notes out. And uh, you'll also find a link over at those show notes to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And if you want to see the show grow, if you appreciate the content, if you like it coming out every single week and you want to help it, that is one of the best ways to help it. That just helps to increase its rankings on the charts and iTunes and uh, shows the podcast to more people and that helps it grow. So massive appreciation goes out to any of you who do that. Uh, And also one last thing, if you want to find our favorite resources, like productivity tools and apps and gear that we use, learning tools, all sorts of stuff. You can find all that over at collegeandboogie.com slash resources. And I just added a brand new resource to the productivity section today. So check that out if you're looking for something new. Anyway, until next week, stay cute.